Welcome back to ACC, guys. I'm Mike. That's Steve. And good Lord, has it already been an exciting, exciting bowl season. And it's only going to get better because this is where the real week starts. And it's going to be fantastic. We're going to cover a little bit of that today. We're going to talk about maybe maybe a little bit about that early signing day and some, uh, well, it doesn't seem like a whole lot going on in Transfer Portal, except for a lot's going on in Transfer Portal. So oh, yeah. pretty fantastic. How are you doing today, Steve? Oh, doing great, man. It's been a good week. Uh, enjoyed National Sign Day yesterday. That was fun. Uh, the, all the coverage, watching all these different guys commit. And uh, really, there was a lot of shock. It was really pretty quiet other than, you know, some things we might talk about later. There was just a few shockers, but not a lot. It really was kind of where everybody thought the day was going to be. And even the flips were kind of like what everybody thought the flips were going to be. So, Really, there wasn't that much shock to it. All in all, just a good early sign day for everybody. Uh, yeah, it's always, always fantastic. So let's go ahead and get, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's go ahead and get into these uh, bowl games here. First one we're going to talk about is the Gasparilla Bowl featuring Wake Forest and Missouri. And uh, before we even start talking about the matchup, I, I, first I got to say, this is pretty crazy Wake Forest being in the Gasparilla Bowl. I mean, they still had a pretty decent season, but it is what it is. The Bulls get to pick who they pick. And uh pretty good matchup. You have a Wake Forest offense against that Missouri defense. And that Wake Forest defense is very opportunistic against a Missouri offense that kind of likes to give it away. So, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's it, this is going to be a fun game. I don't know if it's going to be as close personally as Vegas says because I think it's uh, was it, uh, minus one and a half for Wake. Um, minus one for Wake. Yeah, yeah, or minus one for Wake, not even one and a half. So, I mean, to them, it seems like a very close game. And as you look at these teams and how they match up, I mean, the, I mean, you go through every single stat where it's third down percentage, whether it's passing or passing yards allowed. This Wake Forest offense has the advantage, and with who they have playing, you, you still got your quarterback. You still got Sam Hartman. He's going to make plays. A.T. Perry is still going to be there. And, I, I, you know, it, to me, this is just – I can't spend a whole lot of time talking about it. It's it's Wake Forest. I, I'll take those points at one easy money. Easily, I'll take that. Well, in this matchup, there's so much to talk about when it comes to these two teams. Uh, when you look at Missouri, that's like you said, you're, you got a good defense – and it's going to be a average offense versus a sometimes average defense. So it's going to be really interesting to watch because, I mean, you got matchups like Wake, you know, their third down percentage coming in here, their top 20 in the country at 46.5% completion rate, but they're going up against a defense that's in the top 30. And uh, they they only allow about a 33.9% completion rate. So, it's, you know, they match up well against each other. Uh, Passing is going to be the key in this game. You know, Wake is a top team passing team in the country uh, with Sam Harmon. That's what they do. They throw the ball around. Uh, big news for them was, you know, him not opting out. That was a big question going into the bowl. A lot of people were wondering, would Sam Hartman even play? So the fact that he didn't opt out, that really helps uh, Wake Forest in this game. And uh, especially going up against a team that uh, they were an okay defense against the pass, but they're not you know, a shutdown type of defense. And, uh, you know, this this defense is also 
very good against the run when it comes to Missouri. And uh, Wake Forest, you know, even though some people don't realize it, they do rely on that little mesh run from time to time to set up their passing. So, uh, you know, if that can be something where Missouri can slow down those mesh runs and then allow them to be able to pin their ears back and rush the quarterback, then they have a chance because uh, Missouri is one of the top uh, teams in the country at sacks. Uh, they were in the top 30. Uh, they get after the quarterback. And uh, they're also in the top 10 when it comes to tackles for a loss. So they're a defensive line that can play in your backfield. Unfortunately, when it comes to bowl games, we got to talk about injuries and opt-outs. And they already had a huge injury at the end of the year with their D-line. And right now on opt-outs and transfers, they really got hit. Uh, both defensive ends, McGuire and Coleman, are out. Um, they're leaving, and they will not be playing in the bowl game. So that's huge for Missouri, and I think that really is the advantage to Wake. Uh, I take Wake to cover easily. Uh, I would take Wake to cover by more than one if it was an option. I would take them even minus seven just because those guys not being there, that's going to be huge. That's that's a lot of their tackles for a loss as a team. That's a lot of their pass rush as a team. Um, it's a big blow to Missouri going to this bowl game defensively. And I think it really helps Wake have the advantage coming in. Oh, yes, most definitely. And as we uh, as we go to move forward here, we got the military bowl coming up next. And it's Duke versus UCF. Fantastic game. Duke's had such a great season. They could really put a cap on it with a bowl win here. And speaking of injuries and opt-outs from the last one, none. Nobody on this team right now um so i mean it really shows a buy-in for mike elko shows that he's really building that program and uh there's a lot of faith going on in there where as far as like ucf you're missing o'keefe which i think is like the biggest piece i mean you're talking about the athlete on your team i mean a year ago we watched him in a bowl game against florida just take over that game as a player I mean, it doesn't matter if he was doing a jet sweep if he was running a, a route he was just doing it the whole time. And you're also missing your quarterback, who's a huge part of your running game. I just, as far as I feel on this, give me Duke with any amount of points. Uh, they're just going to do really well right now. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, this was going to be a really good matchup, and it still might be a good matchup. Uh, I feel like defensively, uh, UCF can still bounce back and play tough in this game. Uh, and uh, it's just offensively, that's a huge blow with O'Keefe not playing. I mean, you cannot lose one of your best receivers in a bowl game like this and then not expect it to affect your offense, especially when their offense has struggled throughout the year anyways. And this is a Duke team that uh, they come after you, and they're one of the best teams in ACC at interceptions. So they're really a good ball-hawking secondary that tries to give more opportunities to their offense. And uh, the key to them also is uh, both of these teams don't get a lot of penalties either. And I was like, um, both of them are in the top 40 when it comes to penalties per, for the season. They don't give up a lot of dumb penalties. They both play smart. So uh, look for that to be a good change or a good set in the game is that, you know, both these teams can keep that and not make the stupid mistakes that can keep from losing the game. But as far as the... You know, overall, Duke's going to come out there and try and run the ball. And uh, now one thing Riley has gotten better at is throwing the ball towards the end of the year. 
he has gotten much better, and that's good. He's going up against a UCF defense that is um, probably middle of the pack, heading towards the bottom of the country when it comes to pass defense. Uh, they are a team that uh, they do how they don't really sack the quarterback well either. Uh, they're outside the top 100 in the country when it comes to sacks. I mean, this is a team that uh, when it comes to passing, if Raleigh's given time, Raleigh could really make some difference and and get the ball downfield. And uh, I mean, that's if he has to, because I mean, Duke is a very strong run team. That's what they're going to focus on is run the ball. And unfortunately, UCF is also very, you know, averaged towards the bottom of the country in that as well. They're just not a team that's going to physically try and fight back on that. However, obviously with Gus Malzahn being their coach, they are a very heavy run team. And so you're going to see a lot of it and uh, a lot of different options, and that's going to be hard for Duke to prepare for. I mean, used to an ACC, you're used to that. I mean, you had Georgia Tech every year, but Georgia Tech's trying to change their offense. So uh, this will be something then that will be new for Duke. But I think they have a great head coach and Mike Elko, and that he's the kind of guy that will have them prepared. The defensively will be ready. And like I said, it's the people that are missing, like you pointed out, uh, the people missing is just too big. Uh, Duke has nobody. They're committed. They're dialed into this game. And UCF is just going to miss too much coming in. So uh, I take Duke as well, minus the three, because, I mean, it's just an easy easy cover for them. I can see them winning by a touchdown. Uh, but it might be closer than we expect, but I think three is an easy cover. Oh, yeah, most definitely an easy cover. I mean, and there's one big thing we missed. I, I didn't even realize this with Duke. They're second in the country in turnover margin. I mean, they take good care of the football, and they'll take it from you too. And when you look at that UCF defense as well, I didn't mention it. You're, you're missing some key players. Devontae Brown, very experienced corner, not in there. And also Jean-Baptiste, a really good backer. So, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a tough game. I'll, I'll take Duke. And uh, give me the spread. Give me money line. I don't care what it is. I, I got faith in it. I'm starting to believe in Mike Elko. I think I need to get like a Mike Elko shirt. Okay. So if anyone from Duke's listening, okay. Mike Elko, I'm telling you, man, just send me a shirt. <laughs> but anyways, uh, on to the next game in the, the next bowl game that we're going to cover the last one for this week. Uh, we'll get the rest covered next week. But for the Holiday Bowl, this is going to be a tough one. This is Oregon versus UNC. And there are a lot of opt-outs, a lot of injuries on both sides. Just, And it would already have been a pretty close game. Uh, UNC's kind of tumbled a lot towards the end of the year. Uh, it seems like you know Georgia Tech really set how to play defense against them. Everybody else took up to it. And now it's, you know, who can actually do it? Now, I will say this. I don't feel personally that Oregon's defense can do that. I really don't. And they got some, I mean, they're, they got a lot of, I mean, plug-in guys that they're not going to have, which depth can become an issue when you're facing a high-power offense. Now UNC is going to be missing Josh Downs, but there's still some really good wide receivers in that room. Like, they have recruited well on that side of the ball over the past couple of years. So there's some young talent, there's some really good talent, and that's what we like about bowl season is seeing those next guys and if they can step up. And this might be the game for that. This could be Drake May's chance to kind of set the tone for next year to work towards the Heisman and show, hey, you know what, I had some rough games, but I can bounce back. Um, so, you know, it's a 14-and-a-half spread in favor 
of Oregon. Give me the spread. I, I think UNC can cover the spread. Oregon might be able to pull it out. A little bit more of a veteran quarterback, even though Bo Nix will Bo Nix sometimes. Uh, you know, but I, I think UNC can still get the points. I don't think they fall behind by two. This is just going to be a shootout. It's going to be one quarterback and the other quarterback just fluffing stats the entire game. Neither defense is really going to do much. So if you like seeing points being scored, go ahead and mark the Holiday Bowl. Have that recorded, okay? TiVo is not really much of a thing anymore, but TiVo it, you know? <laughs> have it set to DVR for the cloud at least. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, super fantastic. I'm bringing it back, Tivo. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when it comes to this bowl matchup, honestly, there's there's a lot of positives in in favor of Oregon for this game. Uh, this is a team that coming in, uh, they're 23rd in the country on third down conversion at 46. percent Meanwhile, this North Carolina defense, when they had everybody. Uh, was giving up around 41% conversion rate. Um, now, North Carolina themselves offensively has converted around 47%, which puts them 14th in the country. And they're also going up against a defense that allows about a 48% conversion rate. So, yes, this could turn into a shootout, but there is some factors going into this game that I think will lean towards why I see they did such a big spread for Oregon. This might be the first game, I think, that the ACC loses in the bowl challenge. Uh, this will be the first one that I would see them easily being able to drop. Uh, another big factor is sacks allowed. Oregon is the best offensive line in the country. Uh, they have only allowed four sacks all year. That's all year. Uh, I mean, there's teams that wish they could just give up just four sacks in a game. Meanwhile, Oregon's done it all year. So <laughs> that's an incredible stat. <laughs> yeah. It is, but it, you know, got to give credit to him. I mean, Lenny really has done a great job, and I mean, really, he did. As we'll get into it in a little bit in recruiting, like he did a great job in recruiting. Like, I, honestly, if there's a winner from recruiting, he's a winner. And uh, the O line, it shows that it's more than just a fluke when you look at also tackles for a loss allowed. Uh, and when it comes to tackles for a loss allowed, this team did not allow a lot of tackles for a loss either. Uh, they did a really good job. And uh, did a really good job of like protecting and, and allowing them to have positive plays. I think this is a team that it should goes on, like I said, offensively with Bo Nix. We know that they're going up against one of the worst passing defenses in the country. But the worst part about it for North Carolina is you're now going to be without not just Josh Nowell on offense. You're going to be without Tony Grimes and Storm Duck, which I would say arguably they were some of the best players you had in your secondary. Uh, they're also going to be missing some guys on the D line. And that's, that's really huge for them. They weren't a great defense to begin with and not having them is, I think they're going to be the big difference. I mean, yes, Oregon has some opt-outs and they have some transfers, but none of their opt-outs and transfers are really going to hit them that hard other than a corner Gonzalez. I mean, yes, he's an all American in the pac 12 and uh, he will definitely be missed for them. But, I mean, it's not like he was going to cover Josh down. So, honestly, I feel like that isn't that big of a hit for Oregon. Meanwhile, I mean, like Storm Duck, that's a huge loss. He's probably arguably the only shutdown corner on this North Carolina team. Uh, he's the only guy consistently all year who has been a guy that if people challenged him, he stepped up and made the plays and gotten the stops. So, I'm going to have to take Oregon to cover the 14 and a half. I think Bo Nix has a big day. 
uh, Bo Nix will probably go off and he'll be a little upset that he wasn't invited to the Heisman. And uh, honestly, I, I don't think that was a bad decision, but at the same time, I think he's going to go off and really show people that uh, it was more, it was a fluke this year, how he played. So I think he goes off with a bang Oregon covers against a bad North Carolina team and North Carolina really, they, they got some work to do. Um, early signing didn't really clear, clear out go very good for them. So they got some work to do if they're going to replace some pieces and, and be able to put some pieces around Drake May so they can be that team to compete to win an ACC title. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's uh, definitely going to show something. Um, I mean, when we talk about the other two teams, is their teams are going to be consistent. UNC just hasn't, I mean, Mac Brown just hasn't gotten anything going yet. Um, and that defense is part of the problem. Uh, I mean, honestly, if UNC wants to make any changes, I I don't see uh, Chiswick being there much longer. Uh, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> like, yeah, it just it's been a lackluster defense for a couple of years now, and you you really got to do something about it. And if you don't win this bowl game, it's because your defense is that bad. Because offensively speaking, they still got talent. They still, I mean, you got a quarterback that was in the Heisman talk for a reason he's that good so uh, you know maybe they can turn it around early signing day does not set a recruiting class it just gives you a nice little step ahead um there's still plenty of guys out there and uh you know transfer portal is still pretty big there's a lot of transfer portal too so oh yeah and you know speaking of that uh so going over the picks again uh, we're both going to take weight to cover. We're both going to take Duke to cover the minus three as well. Uh, and so obviously we're taking them to cover. We're both taking them to win. Uh, I do believe you said you're taking or you're taking North Carolina to cover, but you're taking Oregon to win or. Yeah. 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 Oregon will okay, still so win. Will yeah. Win. Yeah. I mean, unless Bo Nix shows up and then, you know, he makes that North Carolina defense look better than it's looked all year, which could happen, but. I don't see it happening. <laughs> and then, you know, we're taking, and I'm going to take Oregon to cover and win uh, the game as well. So, um, you know, and then going back to last week, we both took Louisville. Just to recap the Fenway Bowl real quick, we both took Louisville, and Louisville did a great job. They came out, they played exactly like we thought they would. Their defense dominated. The fact that Cincinnati doesn't have their starting quarterback still and how that has affected them towards mm-hmm. the last two games of the season. It affected them in the bowl game just like we thought as well, and and it was definitely all Louisville because of that. And uh, great win for Louisville, good start for the ACC, start 1-0. and And uh, after these games, like I said, I don't think we're going to win that Oregon-North Carolina matchup. So uh, I still take 3-1 and one for the ACC four weeks in. That's pretty good. Um, I'll take that for the ACC because it's – Hasn't been a good start for some of the other conferences so far, so that's that's a good start. Oh yeah, well, definitely, definitely. And uh, I guess you got a little bit of that recruiting and transfer news as well, huh? Looks like uh, Florida State's been doing pretty decently, from what I can see. A few other teams have been taking advantage of the transfer portal and taking advantage of that early signing day. Miami looked like they did what you would expect. I mean, you brought Chris Paul there to recruit. Um. Coaching side of it still in question, but we'll see what happens. Uh, so, hey, what you got there? 
Um, we'll probably talk about it again when recruiting is all said and done. I'll actually do my actual ratings for where I think teams landed. Um, so we'll probably do an episode like that where we do the ratings going to the early signing day where we thought teams were. And then we'll come back and we'll do the ratings when signing day is officially over on February. So, but um, right now, I'd have to say that the biggest winner uh, from recruit from early signing day was probably Oregon. Uh, when I have to go outside the ACC, the biggest winner overall, Oregon. Their flips that they got, Lenny put in work. He went out there and put in the work. And they got some huge flips. And honestly, I, I can't think of a bigger winner from the other day than them. Um, you know, everybody's going to talk about Alabama and the teams like that. Well, they signed who we thought they would. It, what Oregon did was impressive because they leaped up in the poll rather quickly. Uh, now when it comes to the ACC, uh, Clemson signed who we thought they would. Uh, there was no real major news when it comes to Clemson. Um, not a lot of big things going on. Dabo still not wanting to embrace NILs or NIL deals. So uh, we are where we are. When you're a Clemson fan, you have to understand he is still staying, taking his stance there. And uh, we'll see how it continues to affect Clemson, see if they continue to have issues. He's also not utilizing the portal like some other teams are doing. So we'll see uh, how that works for him as well. Uh, but when it comes to you know teams that are using it, like you said, Florida State, is uh, number two in using the portal. And uh, honestly, they were the third best class in the ACC and when it comes to overall recruiting. And uh, they they did what they should have done yesterday. Uh, the flips that we had were expected. Everybody expected Falk was going to flip. They expected that he was going to go to Auburn. He wanted to be closer to home. The rumors were that it was personal and that he needed to be closer to family. So... Uh, that was a flip everybody expected. Not a shocker that it happened to FSU. Um, as far as the three-star defensive tackle getting flipped, honestly, I don't don't think that is a, a huge loss for FSU as they always uh, seem to find a way to make it up usually in the portal. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of guys who really make it up this year in the portal. Um, losing Falk hurt because now they're – if Jordan Travis oh, – I'm sorry, Jordan Travis. <laughs> if Jared Verse doesn't come back, that's going to be a huge blow for FSU and really take a chance take away some of their chances next year because uh, defensive end-wise, they're going to be a little low on depth. Uh, and uh, there's going to be question marks about whether or not they can bring in that quality they've had the last couple of years on if they aren't able to uh, sign somebody else in the portal that can actually make an impact. But right now there's nobody in the portal like a Jared Verse or Jermaine Johnson. So the fact that they didn't land Falk and they didn't land Bain, it's going to leave a lot of question marks. Uh, so I think FSU had an overall, they had a decent class. Uh, I think transfer portal saved them. As far as overall, I think it would have been a lot worse if we have been just recruiting. But uh, the transfer portal and the moves they made were solid. Uh, Miami, I, honestly, I feel like they were probably the biggest loser out of the ACC. Uh, they are still considered, to me, the best class in the ACC as far as recruiting. However... Uh, Carmani did not sign his letter of intent yesterday. Rumors are is that Dion, who did it to FSU last year, is in contact with Carmani. He's trying to get him to go to Colorado. Uh, so for the second year in a row, one of the best cornerbacks in the country could end up going to Colorado 
well, the, up to Dion, which this time he's at Colorado. So, um, so here we go again, uh, the drama again, we're recruiting. And as it comes down to the official signing day, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Can Miami buy him out uh, with, with the money that they're offering? Or will money not be the biggest factor? Will he actually choose Dion and what he can learn from Dion over that? And can Travis Hunter be that key to help him swing as well? I mean, that would be huge for Dion to have Travis Hunter and Kamani as his two starting corners. I mean, I yeah. can't ask for a better situation than there. Yeah, talk about um, flipping that Colorado team immediately. No, I mean, the entire day for Colorado didn't go that great for Dion. A lot of flips he was expecting didn't really hit. And, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to do it. I mean, he went to Colorado. I mean, he he had an easier chance recruiting from, like, South Florida or somebody. Being in Boulder, that's going to be hard, man. Hey, you're comparing Boulder to, like, Miami. You're comparing Boulder to <laughs> some of the nicer places out there, you know. It just, well, he's only two weeks in, too. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's, there's only so much you can offer. I mean. Do do I take do I take the money and go to a place where I can have fun with it, or do I go to Boulder? <laughs> so, you know, it is what but it is. It depends on, but I mean, this does bring up like the greater thing of like transfer portal, as you alluded to earlier with Dabo, like him not accepting the transfer portal to a whole lot. We're going to do it in house, is what he said. Um, like it just doesn't. Is this something in the future we're going to look back at? And I know you're already working on something that will come in later podcasts. But, I mean, is this something in the future where coaches that don't accept the transfer portal, don't accept NIL, I mean, they can end up falling. It doesn't matter how good they are as a coach. It's going to be hard to keep players that way. It's going to be hard to stay successful. I think, uh, yes, it's something that if you don't embrace, uh, if you don't embrace both and find a way to adapt and work with them both, uh, what makes Nick Saban the greatest coach in college football is he's always adaptive and adjusted. No matter how much he complains and whines about it, he's still going to adjust to it, and he's going to survive it. That's how he's become one of the most winning coaches in college football history. Uh, that's why he's constantly in the talk for a national title every year with his teams is because he adapts. If something's not working, like he finds a way to get his team to adapt to whatever's changing around him, and he gets better. And uh, honestly, when it comes to transfer portal, I think the first team that could really show us that the transfer portal can make a difference is Michigan. Because um, right now, the only team that's ahead of FSU in transfer portal rating is Michigan. And this is the second year in a row Michigan's had a top five transfer portal class. And uh, here it is. They've beaten Ohio State now two years in a row. And since they, they've since they've started using the transfer portal with their recruiting, Michigan has gotten better a lot faster. And uh, it will be interesting to see if they can make some noise in the college football playoffs, if they could shock the world and they win a national title, um, which isn't all that far-fetched. I mean, no team outside of, you know, top 10 over a four-year period of recruiting has ever won a national title let's say for all sake um, purposes, Michigan wouldn't be the first one really, because I mean, they're ranked 10.5 is their overall rating. So, I mean, it's like they're right there. So <laughs> it wouldn't be surprised if their transfers put them over the top and gave them a chance to win that national title. So 
Yeah, honestly, Michigan is going to be a team to watch. Watch what they do, and uh, they're, they're a team that's going to show you. Because FSU is just starting to really use it, and they're starting to get the other recruits around from recruiting because they've been behind. Michigan's been a team that's already been recruiting well, and now they're using the portal. So they'll be the first team to really see how effective can it be. Can it be something that constantly helps you get to 10-win seasons? And if it does, then maybe you should try and use it effectively and learn to grow with it. No, most definitely true. And as we move forward, we will see more in recruiting. We're going to see more of the Bulls, and we're going to be back next week with five more bowl games. Uh, get to finally covered some Florida State. Going to see what Clemson can possibly do against Tennessee. You, you just you got to come back. You got to let us know about it. And the best way to do that is to hit the like button, crush that notification bell, and clobber that subscribe button for us because uh, we got more to come. And that's the best way to keep up with it. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can catch him at, at SJollyACC. You can find me at, at whom the four, Or you can go to at DAACCGuys, all on Twitter. Follow that. Stay up to date with information. Best time, best, best time to do it. Yes, and I uh, appreciate uh, everyone who's watching and and for the few followers that we have currently, I know share with your friends, share with your families. Uh, I know I've been getting a lot more comments recently. You know, some people trying to get feedback and uh, talk to us about sports. We're more than welcome that. I love sitting and talking sports with people. So if you want to hit me up, go ahead. If you don't want to leave it as a comment or something on the board, you can always direct message me. I, I don't mind talking some sports with some people. And uh, like I said, I'm always on Twitter. I'm maybe not posting as much as other people, but trust me, I'm on there looking. I'm always looking. And uh, <laughs> so you can probably catch me on there. Most definitely. And as we finish up, just remember, I'm not sponsored yet. I'm still waiting on that. Go ahead and fix that up for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, Thank you. Have a good day. Hope you enjoy the holidays as well, since we won't be back until after the uh, big old Christmas one. So hopefully you get some really nice gifts and uh, happy holidays to everyone out there. Yes. Merry Christmas and everybody have a happy holiday and uh, thank you for enjoying the show.